A successful food photographer to me means that I'm skilled and comfortable enough to handle a variety of subjects, that I have the confidence that I'll be able to put out quality work no matter what the subject or the shooting conditions are. And I think in order to get to that point, I have to continue learning and practicing and giving it my 100% showing up every day, but for myself, not for the platform or not for the numbers. Hello, hello. This is your host, Dhyutama, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling, to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hi guys, today we are talking to Ritika Singh. I'm pretty sure that you've heard of her and I'm pretty sure that if you've ever been on her Instagram page, you have left that page feeling very hungry. And if you're a photographer, I'm pretty sure that you have left that page feeling very inspired because she is not just one heck of a creative recipe developer. She's also an extremely talented photographer. And the reason I want to have her on our podcast today is because we are talking about success in food photography. And if you look at Ritika's presence, especially on social media, which is pretty much how we all know her, there is a sense of calmness. There is a sense of security. And there is a sense of satisfaction that comes not just in her photography, but also in the words that she chooses to write. And it's like she is so secure within herself that she's not out there in any sort of a race. And I feel like she has a very unique perspective, something that we don't usually come across in today's era. Her perspective on success is what I want to talk about today. I think she's going to leave us with a lot of lessons and especially as her audience, I see her successful in many different ways. She's not only a skillful artist, a skillful creative, she has won awards, she runs a successful photography business, she collaborates and works with many prestigious brands and she's very down to earth, very grounded, very genuine and very humble about her achievements and I just want to know how she does this. To me, she's a symbol of success. To me, she has achieved so much and there are so many of us who might aspire to be like her. And I want to understand what she sees success as, whether she sees herself as successful or not. And to her, what is it that drives her in food photography? How does she inspire herself? And for her, what is it that she strives for? So it's going to be a very interesting, very unique conversation. Some that we might not want to hear, but some that might be life-changing for us. So there's no right or wrong answer in what she has to say. It just means that that is her perspective. And I think she has a very unique perspective, which is what I want to bring to you today. All right. So let's get started. 
Hi Ritika and welcome to my food lens podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you and it's a bit unbelievable too especially because we've been planning this episode for the last what 5 months <laughs> and thanks to covid and life it was just not happening so i'm so so grateful to finally have this opportunity to have you in front of me right now speaking to us you are obviously one of the icons in food photography and everybody knows you your recipes of course like creative like heck i mean come on who makes green pea popsicles who makes guava chili popsicles you're crazy you're insane <laughs> you're amazing but what draws me to you is your photography i think it's such a reflection of who you are and it's true it's honest it's genuine it's grounded it's down to earth it's everything that i've known of you and that's exactly what you bring to your work you're successful at so many different levels at least from where i stand and yet you are everything what your work shows you are your true honest grounded and i think that we are just going to have such a big lesson from this conversation with you i'm super duper excited to have you if you could just please introduce yourself to our audience hi dutima first of all thank you so much for having me on your podcast i am uh, honored humbled and also quite nervous i think you already know this that i'm a very low key and private person i don't even speak up on my instagram stories i always think that i prefer to let my work speak for itself so this is a very new and slightly unnerving experience for me <laughs> i am ritika singh i'm a freelance food photographer recipe developer and content creator currently based in bangalore india I share my work on Instagram under the handle cupcakery and I blog my recipes at cupcakery.com. Amazing. We all know that you hardly make an appearance on social media. We hardly ever see you. I've been fortunate enough to see you. I'm seeing you live right now, so I'm very fortunate. So, I have a fun question for you to begin with. What is one thing that we don't know about you that you are okay to tell us? Oh gosh one thing that you don't know I think one of the things a few people might know this about me but one of the things that a lot of my followers may not know is that I rarely like any of my own photographs I literally like any of my own work I mean even for the few seconds before I hit you know publish for my post my blog post or for my instagram post i'm just squirming like no i way. it's just that <laughs> i'm yeah i'm unhappy with like most of my photography you know that's just how it is i don't know why but maybe i have very high standards for myself but but that's something that people don't know about me that i I hate going over my feed like there are people who will post pictures of their feed saying I love how my feed is looking right now and I'm like I don't want to look at my feed right now that is crazy because we love going over your feed and I just need to tell you this before we say anything more is that you are everybody's favorites I mean if you're the queen of popsicles you're definitely the queen of hearts and we just absolutely love you and your work so you should definitely love your own feed just saying <laughs> All right. So I just constantly think that you know there are things that I could have done different or I could have done better and um so I'm constantly picking faults at my own pictures that's just something Oh my god and here we are sitting thinking that's flawless 
that's effortless. How the <laughs> heck did she do that? So yeah, that's the impression. But tell us, what happened that led you to food photography? Was there a sequence of events? Was there something, a life experience that made you get into food photography? What were the steps that got you here? So I've always, um, you know, I come from a creative background. I have an undergraduate and graduate degree in graphic design. And I started my career as a graphic and web designer, working for an advertising agency in Memphis, Tennessee. And then when I got married, I quit that job and I did some freelance for a few years before my son was born. For the next six or seven years, motherhood took up all my time and energy. And during this time, we also moved back to India. When my son actually started full day school, I started baking muffins and cupcakes to send in his snack box and also for his school birthday celebrations. And that was the time when the cupcake craze was just starting to catch on in India. And I got requests from other mothers asking if I could bake for their kids as well. And that got me thinking because I was always very fond of baking. And it was something I could do from the comfort of my home using quality ingredients. So I started a small home-based baking business called Cupcakery. And I would take orders for cupcakes and theme cakes. And I think my background in design helped a lot because my fondant decorating skills made me quite popular. Right. And very soon I had more orders than I could handle. And back then I used to just have a point and shoot camera and I would take just pictures of my cupcakes and cakes and post them on Facebook. I did have plans to grow that business commercially, but unfortunately, you know, life had other plans. Right. I had to undergo a fairly major spine mm -hmm. surgery and that led me to shut my baking business down. Oh. After that surgery, I started focusing more on my health, my nutrition, and I started trying out a lot of healthy recipes, you know, cut back on the sugar. And I was still active on Facebook. I would put up pictures on Facebook and someone then suggested to me to share my pictures on Instagram. And I knew nothing about Instagram back then. I knew nothing about food photography. I had no clue about lighting or styling or editing food. But when I came onto Instagram and started looking at the work of other food photographers, I was just blown away by how beautiful food could actually look in pictures. Right. And, and I was also motivated to make my food look as good as it tasted. So I started paying attention to my styling. I started reading up online about food photography. And it opened up a whole new creative realm for me. It gave me a platform to share my creativity. And that was something that I think had been missing in my life since the time I gave up my graphic design. So um, I just enjoyed connecting with other food Instagrammers, looking at what they had made, what they had shared. And very soon, I sort of got hooked on to food photography. I actually became more interested in the photography than I was actually in <laughs> cooking the food. Wow. So I think that that's what happened. Says the woman who makes green pea popsicles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw it was the inspiration. Wow. It was the inspiration that you got on social media that kind of yeah. brought you there. It is. Absolutely. Especially on Instagram. Yeah. Especially more so on Instagram. Yeah. And I can totally believe you because it is definitely something that happened with me as well. When I saw the possibilities of 
what food photography could be it was definitely inspiring so tell us you said that you had some basic gear when you started you didn't know much about it so how did you start like where did you begin with in terms of your gear what camera or lens did you have did you start with natural light because i know today you do shoot with artificial light sometimes so how did your gear change in terms of you know with the evolution of your photography as well so when i first started posting food pictures on instagram i was only using my iphone to shoot the photos i think i told you i had no idea about lighting styling editing any of that i would just place my food on a white backdrop which was most often a sheet of white chart paper and i would just shoot it uh, i didn't know much about you know camera angles nothing whatever i just whatever looked good to me you know and i would edit the photos on my phone i honestly can't even recall which app i was using to edit my pictures back then <laughs> but uh, after about a year or so of being on instagram when i started getting seriously interested in food photography i realized i would probably need to invest in a dslr if i wanted to take it a step further right and um, at that point of time a friend actually gave me her old canon camera body and i bought a nifty 50 lens a 50 mm basic lens and that was my first real photography gear and i was shooting only exclusively with natural light back then once i was comfortable using a dslr i invested in an entry level canon 77d i don't even think that model exists anymore <laughs> and i shot with that for a, about a year year and a half and i think it was in 2019 thanks to vinayak of lost and hungry he's the one who encouraged me to start using artificial light for my food photography and uh, in fact he helped me pick out my gear and i was very diffident because i had no idea i could barely like handle natural light and manipulate natural light but i enrolled in joni simons artificial light academy and it was very it was a very helpful resource for me as i began my journey with artificial light and of course everything takes practice and i have to mention somebody else here soham shoni who is a bangalore based food photographer he's also a good friend and my mentor and he's helped me a lot in working with artificial light specifically he's always there to answer my questions share his knowledge with me and i'm very grateful to both of them because now i shoot exclusively with artificial light in fact if you ask me to shoot with natural light i'm not as comfortable shooting with natural light anymore i much prefer the flexibility and the control that artificial light offers Right. And Soham's work is oh. amazing. We've seen that as well. So I've seen him shoot with like three artificial lights and I'm like, "Ooh, this guy is a genius." So yeah. <laughs> he's in, he's, he's a master when it comes to lighting. You know, he really knows yeah. his lighting. And uh and I think you asked me about my current gear and I currently mm-hmm. am, I've been using a Canon 5D Mark IV for the last 2 years. I have a 50 mm prime lens and a 100 mm macro lens and for the longest time i was shooting with just a single speed light but i've subsequently upgraded to a few strobes and currently i'm using a godox 8600 pro and a godox 8200 pro and i do prefer shooting for myself personally i prefer just one light source right but sometimes for brands when you're shooting for clients you need more than one light so i generally switch to two wow but that's what i use it's been a slow and steady growth and you've really taken one step at a time and 
you know, and created just amazing and beautiful imagery with it. But what really struck me was that when you started, you had like one backdrop. You said it was what a white sheet or a white tablecloth. What was it? Chart paper. It was a white chart paper. Get in a stationery store. Yeah. Right. And I think this is something that I always notice in your photos. I feel like we are constantly putting out one prop, one fancy prop after the other. And it's like about using this bowl and this vintage platter and this and that. But I find that in your photos, the props are simple. They are powerful. And the food always takes the center stage. I mean, it just goes to show that one doesn't need to have those fancy props and one doesn't need all of the shebang to really create powerful imagery. So how do you decide whether it's worth investing in a new prop and do you, do you invest in props and how do you choose and pick up the ones that you have right now? Yeah, you're right. I'm not much of a prop collector at all. Uh, I think it's because I started out as an Instagrammer and not as a food blogger. I don't know. And I also, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to not collect too much. I'm in fact trying to minimize what I have. And too many props also confuse me. I'm not one of those who can you know, uh, I know there are Instagrammers do a fantastic job using their props very artistically in their photos. For me, I just want my food to be the front and center of my picture. And I want the props to support that hero subject, not distract from it. So I have a limited collection of props. A lot of them, they're not too big in size. I pick them up generally on my travels abroad. And I try to look for classic neutral pieces that I can use over and over. Sometimes I will pick up something unique that catches my eye. But as far as vintage props go, I don't own a lot of those. If I need something vintage for a certain photograph, for a client or for, for a recipe that I feel will benefit from a vintage prop, I usually borrow that from either my mother or from my aunts or something like that. But um, I do have a weakness for handmade ceramics. And right. uh, for those, I often place custom orders with local ceramic artists. But in general, I try to keep my props simple. Yeah. And you clearly demonstrate such a good example that one does not need like cupboard full of props to create good imagery. You're definitely... You don't like... have one cupboard <laughs> over the house yet. There are a few of us who have two rooms of props yeah I, so that's I, I just, don't have that no but I think the takeaway here for me is that as a food photographer we always have to keep food as the center and we we do not have to be held back by this light or this lens or this camera or this particular prop I mean creativity is apart from the gear and all the physical elements that go into the picture. If we are food photographers, then we can create a successful food picture by keeping the food at its center. And I think that's what your photos kind of demonstrate to us. So one thing, like this is how I always see you. I see you as someone who is just so humble and so grounded so much that you wouldn't even tell people that you are the 2019 Server Blog Award Editor's Choice winner. <laughs> That's how terrific your photography is. That's how amazing your work is. You are definitely one of India's top Instagram accounts, top food photographers. Everybody knows you. And your photography is an inspiration to so many. I am not even in India. 
when I started an Instagram account, you were one of the first few people that I followed and have continued to follow because every time I see your photo, my jaw drops. Literally. It's like, how did she do it? Every photo is different. Every time there is, you know, a hint, a spark of something creative, either in the recipe or the way you lay it out or your lighting. So you inspire us, but you please tell us how you keep yourself inspired and what drives you to keep pushing that button a little bit extra with every single photo that you take. Wow. Uh, first, I just want to say that I do not consider myself as one of India's top Instagram accounts, Tutima. I feel I have a long way to go to get there. Uh, I try to do the best I can. And if my work is appreciated, I'm more than grateful for that. Like I mentioned to you before, I, I get my inspiration from the work I see on Instagram, Pinterest, and sometimes Behance. I'm also inspired a lot by, um, you know, the basic principles of graphic design, uh, my composition, color, attention to detail. I think all of that come from my training in graphic design. It's not something that I pay conscious attention to when I'm styling and shooting food. And how do I keep myself inspired? I mean, I, the thing is, I'm never satisfied with my work. I think that is what ultimately drives me. I also set very high standards for myself and I rarely meet them. So that also pushes me to do better. I just want to put out good work and I don't want to be pigeonholed into being only in one certain style. So I want to try everything if I see a style of lighting or way that somebody styled their food. I want to try and incorporate those elements into my food photography. And, you know, I just feel like I constantly need to keep learning, evolving, experimenting, both with my food and my food photography. I think there are just such amazing takeaways. Your answer is so simple, but it's got some big lessons in it. For me, number one is something that I also truly believe is versatility. It's a skill that every photographer should have, especially if they want to either work with clients or to grow their own skill. If you can explore different kinds and styles of photography, then you are continuously growing. So that's definitely one that you also touched upon, that you don't want to put yourself in one category and create only that one kind of photos. You constantly push yourself to try many other styles. And I think the second one, which is a bigger takeaway for me, is that you're not running a race with anybody else. Your race is with you, yourself. You are in that marathon pretty much alone. And you're just trying to run one kilometer faster than the other. And I think that is for sure success. That is for sure a way that any creative, any artist needs to see themselves. Because the moment you start putting yourself side by side to someone who's running faster and you're just trying to beat them, there are always going to be more runners in the race and you can't beat everybody. So I think that's such a brilliant answer. I absolutely love it. So we talked about your severe, I, I hope I'm saying it right, severe award. <laughs> it's such a difficult yes, word I to think, pronounce. <laughs> I know. I think it is severe. Severe, yeah. right? So yeah, that for us as your audience and people who love your work, we were cheering for you when you got that award. For us, it was a trophy. It was a milestone and everybody celebrated, right? For us, it was success. And for many people, it was 
where they wanted to see themselves. For them, that was a measure of success to get that award. You have been successful as a food photographer, right? So tell us what that award meant for you. Like, did things change emotionally in your work, creatively, professionally in your business? How would you say that that award brought you to a milestone? And do you think it was a measure of success for you or not? So the silver nomination and the subsequent win, they were both totally unexpected. Uh, in fact, my blog was just, I think, a few months old. And one of my very good friends on social media, Amandeep, who I think her Instagram handle is Epicor, she and her sister Gurpreet, they helped me actually with my blog. And uh, when she's saying I'm going to nominate your blog for the server awards and I actually laughed I was like I know what category because I have some like a handful of recipes and what are you going to nominate me for so I didn't even think I was in the running to be honest and there was no one who was more surprised than me when they called out my name at that award ceremony I never imagined that I would be nominated for best food photography because honestly there are so many much more deserving food photographers who are supremely more talented than me and I'm not trying to downplay my achievement but I think luck also had a lot to do with it you know maybe having started my blog at the right time and I guess the server editor saw something in my work that I personally didn't but I'm very happy that that worked out for me the way it did although initially that wasn't the case after the server the server win I actually started putting a lot of pressure on myself. I suddenly felt that I had these really big shoes to fill. I felt like that title of best food photographer was weighing down on my shoulders and I needed to prove something to the world and more importantly to myself that, you know, I was actually worthy of that award. And I didn't want to put up pictures that were not up to the mark in very many ways, you know, that pressure created a sense of overwhelm that sort of interfered with my creativity and it took me a good while to get over that feeling and I guess in many ways it also pushed me to do better Uh, like for me professionally post the win I was offered a book deal which after much deliberation I declined because the timing was not right it came just before the first COVID lockdown in India and I really, at that point, I felt I had other priorities rather than to write a cookbook. So those plans have, you know, are on hold for now. And I will just have to see in the future how that goes. Oh, wow. It takes another level of being secure in who you are to be able to say no to this or to be able to put this on the side because so many people out there dream of an opportunity to write a cookbook or to have that offer on the table. I'm so glad you gave that answer because I I think it just completely validates that you are the best person to be talking on the subject. You're definitely striking every chord for us that being secure, knowing what you are after and just slowly moving towards it and not just grabbing every opportunity you know that comes that way and just thinking okay that's successful if i do that i will be successful if i do that that is a measure of success you're not doing that you're gauging whether it works for you you're trying to see where it fits in your life professionally and personally and that's how you're taking decisions i think that's amazing and i really hope that you do the cookbook yeah. at some point i see honestly 
duty ma if i if i commit to something i want to give it my 100% and uh, there were a lot of other things in my life that i felt i needed to focus on and i felt i wasn't ready to publish that cookbook at that point in time i don't know if i'll ever be ready but we'll see how that goes wow. so we talked about your journey we talked about some of the technical gear we talked about how you went through this whole you know the the whole journey of being an award winning photographer and some of your challenges and your struggles emotionally uh, some of the offers that you had and you know from all of this did you see any difference in the way your social media presence changed did you see more followers did you see more people reaching out to you did any of that change as well yes that did change i did see um, there were quite a few brands who reached out to me for collaborations there was definitely a growth in the number of followers so yes in that way you know the server win did get me my 15 minutes of fame so to speak <laughs> but um, so did that inspire you in any way did that make you feel like woo you know i got this and were you feeling proud of yourself were you patting your back or what was your mindset or feelings at that time gosh no i like i said i almost felt embarrassed that i'd won that award because i felt like i wasn't completely deserving of the title of best food photographer even if it was the editor's choice award i just felt like there were so many more people who deserved it more than i did you know it took me a few months to sort of come to terms with the fact that this is how it played out and yes i was proud of the fact that you know my work was internationally recognized even though i wasn't completely convinced that it you know should be but i had mixed feelings about winning the award i was definitely happy i felt validated to to a certain extent but i also felt like you know i had something big to prove now that i couldn't just churn out content for the sake of putting it out on instagram or on my blog that i really had to prove to myself that i was a good food photographer well clearly everyone else definitely sees that in your work i mean we all thought that it was so well deserved <laughs> so tell us we are talking about social media i think this is a good segue how do you think has instagram helped you in building your food photography um career you know to say and how do you cope with the pressures of social media how do you put on blinders and just do your thing uh, how does it work for you instagram is what inspired me to get into food photography and in many ways it still continues to do so i've learned so much by just observing the work of talented food photographers whose work i admire i've also had the opportunity to connect with quite a few of them and even learn from some of them virtually via online courses in lighting and editing as far as dealing with the pressures of social media is concerned i've been very clear about one thing from the beginning and you already in fact you touched on that in one of your earlier questions and that's that my only competition is me i strive to do better every day my goal is to put out better content than i did the day before the month before or the year before and i 
I don't focus on trying to compete with other content creators in terms of what they are posting or how often they are posting. I focus on my own work more than anything else. A lot of the food that I share on Instagram is personal. And um, I typically do not share basic or popular recipes. I either share recipes that have been in my family or food that is seasonal or local ingredient inspired by my travels, uh, by a new that I might have learned. And that's how I that's how I try to make my content stand out from the rest. And, you know, DJ Instagram has changed so much, especially in the last couple of years. To a certain extent, I feel as a platform, it is now oversaturated with food content. There is True. a proliferation of the same kind of food imagery that's being churned out and Quality definitely seems to have taken a backseat to quantity. And because of all these changing demands of the Instagram algorithm, there seems to be a lot of noise and clutter with everyone clamoring for attention and for growth. And if anything, it's actually made me pull back a little bit. I'm not in a hurry to get somewhere. There is no milestone that I'm after. I don't want to be pressured into posting simply because this is something the algorithm wants me to do. I'm not saying I'm completely immune to the pressure because I am human after all, but I try my best not to get caught up in the number game because quite frankly, to me, the numbers mean nothing if I'm not proud of the work I put out. Creative fulfillment comes first. If I share a photo I'm happy with and it doesn't perform well on Instagram, I still sleep easy knowing that I did my best. But if I feel that my work is not up to the mark, no matter how well received it may be, I don't get the same level of satisfaction. And that's the bottom line for me. Oh my God. We, we should just end the episode here because this is it. This is the most powerful bottom line to have, to be honest. Yes, yes. <laughs> because for many people, those numbers are a measure of success. How many followers do you have? How many likes did you get? What's your engagement like? That is a measure of success. Many people even get their jobs as influencers based on those numbers. So the higher the number, the more successful you are. Unfortunately, that is how, that is the way the world perceives social media. More numbers is more success. But I think you drive this point so beautifully that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Your numbers don't matter. What matters is that you're going to bed just being very proud that you did a little bit better than the day before. And I think success can be big or small. And these little and small successes that we see on a daily basis, that is what helps us grow as a creative. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like I said, I'm only speaking for myself. You know, there have been nights when I know that I haven't got that shot that I was after and, and I've tossed and turned about thinking about it at night, just knowing that I can do better, that I have the potential to do better. So, but that's just, it's different for everyone. I think everyone has a different take on what success means to them. And um, I personally think to be successful at anything, one has to first be passionate and committed to that craft. I mean, that's the most important thing. And uh, a successful food photographer 
to me means that I'm skilled and comfortable enough to handle a variety of subjects, that I have the confidence that I'll be able to put out quality work, no matter what the subject or the shooting conditions are. And I think in order to get to that point, I have to continue learning and practicing and giving it my 100% showing up every day, but for myself, not for the platform or not for the numbers. And you can be successful every day. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think you have to stop and think about that. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. No, absolutely. You okay. have to pause and not run after what the whole world is running after because as artists and creatives, we don't get bonuses. We don't get promotions. We don't get our managers to pat our backs. That is not the way we measure success. As creatives, as solopreneurs, as entrepreneurs, we have to do it ourselves. And the bigger measure of success would probably be that we constantly learn and keep growing in our art. So I have one last question for you. And that is, for anyone who's getting into food photography, what would be your number one advice to them? I know this is not going to uh, sound like the most original response to that question, but I do believe, you know, the most important thing for anyone to hone their craft is to practice every chance they get. I would just, you know, advise somebody who is passionate about food photography and just starting out to try everything before they, you know, really decide what it is they want to focus on and not limit themselves to one particular style, at least not at the beginning, to practice, stay committed, put in that hard work that's required, and also have a little fun while they're doing it, because the important thing is to focus on the journey and not any particular destination. Wow, this is amazing. It might not be original, but it is honestly and hands down the most important advice anyone can give anybody. <laughs> so thank you so it's much for that. Helps. It's what has helped me personally. And that's what I would tell anyone who's starting out. Just, you know, practice and try and learn and absorb as much as you can from anyone whose work you admire. Well, Ritika, it was such a pleasure having you here. And as I said, there are nuggets of lessons that are embedded in this episode because even though you have just shared how you feel, how you think, I think there are such big takeaways from the way you approach food photography, from the way you operate as a creative, from your mindset and the way you see success in food photography. I think for many of us, there were very big lessons in this conversation. So thank you so much for being honest and humble and genuine like you always are and before you go if you can just once again tell our audience where they can find you on social media and your amazing delicious blog thank you so much for having me Dutima. it's you know I was a little nervous when we first started out but it's been a very open and honest conversation and um, I hope anyone you know this is just my take on my food photography journey and if it can be of any help to anyone that's great my instagram handle is cupcakery and my recipes can be found on www.cupcakery.com fantastic thank you so much for making the time it was absolutely lovely talking to you thank you ritika thank you dutima
So guys, that was Ritika and she is just incredible. I just love the way she thinks. I love her thought process and I love her perspective on what success means in food photography or what success means as a creative. You know, today, everybody just wants to be heard on social media. Everybody just wants to be seen right today. And I feel like talking to her, give me the permission that you don't have to do that. That just by doing that doesn't mean that it makes you more successful or that is a measure of success. I felt like she kind of gave me permission that it's okay. It's okay if you don't want to do that. You can still leave your mark as a creative. You can still be a talented photographer. You can still be a mind-blowing photographer. So I think she really emphasizes that success looks different for everybody. For some, yes, it could be numbers on social media because their careers depend on it. They could be influencers. They could be people who collaborate with brands. And that is success for them. For some, success could come as a award. For some, success could come as writing a book. And for some, success comes as just working on ourselves every single day. There are different meanings of success. And while writing a book, getting an award, and getting more followers and just doing well on social media. These are different milestones and successes that must be celebrated and are part of our journey in today's era. But there is a bigger meaning and there is a deeper meaning to success, which can leave us more satisfied and secure as creators. And that is to constantly work on our skills, to constantly work on making ourselves better and better in what we do to make each day more productive, more fruitful, and just exploring our full potential a little by little every single day, going to bed, feeling proud. Okay, I did my best today. Okay, today was better than yesterday. Just patting our own backs because we did our best. Just trying to outdo yourself rather, running the marathon alone, like I said. So I think she really puts a very deep meaning into the idea of being successful. It is, of course, very personal to each of us and it can vary. It doesn't mean one is wrong or the other. I think it's just about bringing back our attention to what really matters at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, all that matters is you. All that matters is, did you try hard? All that matters is, did you give your best? All that matters is, are you better today than you were yesterday? And if your answer to this every single day is yes, 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 boss, let me tell you one thing, you are successful. Success can be big or small, and that is your personal choice. But if your answer is yes, you are successful. I'm just going to sit and listen and soak Ritika's words because for me, they are such a motivation, such an inspiration. And I hope that you feel the same way. And if you do, please do drop me a line. Please do drop a line to Ritika. I think she would absolutely love to hear your opinion or even your thoughts. All right, guys, with that, I hope that this episode gives you a little relief. It gives you some inspiration. It gives you a little pump of energy. And it also just leaves you smiling, knowing that you are doing your best. With that, I'm going to see you next week with another episode. Until then, bye-bye.